Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad. <laughs> I'm Melissa. We, we've known you guys for a year now, so yeah. we, we don't feel like we have to say last names anymore. It's me right? again. It's me again, y'all. <laughs> Man, here it is. It's a. I don't know when you're listening, but for us, it's a Tuesday night, just after Memorial Day, 2017, and. Uh, it's always good to be back for another for another show. Yeah. Where we just record what we normally do sitting in other rooms. Right. Or driving. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we just talk about whatever. Talk about whatever comes to our mind. And it's summertime, so I do not know ever what day of the week it is. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to keep track of things. In I the don't summer. have that experience in the summer. I know exactly what day it is. And this week was very confusing because we had a holiday on Monday. Mm-hmm. So then the kids and I were walking through the mall on Memorial Day, and we were trying to figure out what the next day was going to be because mm-hmm. it was so confusing. Mm-hmm. Our schedule is off. Yeah. Again, mine is not because life goes on when you have a job. So stinks for you. Yeah, stinks for me. <laughs> I have a crazy job though that does kind of roll with the summer. So we were able to do our music camp last week with the kids, which was a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to a vacation Bible school, which is like a big southern. Did, I guess other churches do vacation Bible school. Yeah, yeah they do. So they do it. I but love VBS. The vacation Bible school in Southern Baptist world. I mean, it's a. It's a big deal. Oh, yeah. The Southern Baptist Convention has a publishing arm called Lifeway. And you've probably seen Lifeway materials. But they say that they put... I mean, do you remember exactly how many it was? How many churches buy material from Lifeway? I don't know that I ever saw that info. It's like tens of thousands of churches yeah. use Lifeway material. So they have a huge budget because they know that, and it's all pretty reasonable. You know, you would think that buying a book here or this or that for Bible school would be expensive. Everything's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I guess they, because they know they'll sell so much of it. And uh, so this year is Galactic Starveyors, which I don't even know what a Starveyor is, but we'll find out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's a good space theme. One of my favorite things about BBS is actually decorating my classroom. Mm-hmm. It's one of my least favorite things about BBS is decorating mine. But Mackenzie Fraser is helping me out this year. So That's good. Thank you. She called today and she had some awesome brainstorming ideas. That's you good. Know. You lucked out. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's a homeschooling mom. If they can't bring their A game to be VBS, they need to put their kids in public school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, pressure's on, yeah, the, you count on them to be able to do that. So, anyway, yeah, pressure's on. So, well, quite a week. Uh, we had Memorial Day, um, and you put up a blog last night that said basically you've kind of checked out for the summer. So <laughs> that's not what it said. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but when I read that, I was like, someone's checked out, phoning it in. No. Right here. No, no. Someone's phoning in this post. I was just telling everyone that I'm trying to work out, you know, 
my new normal here now that we've started summer. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to blog when I don't know what day it is because exactly. I don't pay attention That's to anything. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all felt that. We and, all felt a little been, bit neglected. I have been, you know, playing, uh, playing a lot more than usual. Mm-hmm. Playing some Super For Mario instance, Brothers. For instance, I um, have had the same loads of laundry in the washer and the dryer for a week. Do you ever do the thing where you leave <laughs> them in there and then you smell them and you're like, ooh, those of mildewed. I've done that before. Yeah. But this time, this I just keep you just washing never, it. You just I, never started it? I just keep washing the same load over and over again. Mm, that it's sounds, really it's That's really like working good. against the purpose of the high-energy washer. Are you out of white shirts? Because that's what's in the washer. I have no idea. I don't See, even know what day. I don't know what day it too. is. Yeah, I'm off my... Well, no, because during the summer for kids' music camp, in Bible school, which usually are back to back, but because we got out of school so early this week, I had a week in between. I'm going through a phase where I'm enjoying wearing soft T-shirts, and I've worn them to work. Whoa! I don't normally wear a shirt that does not have long sleeves. I never wear a shirt with no collar. So wait, you wore a Star Wars shirt to work today? I wore a Star Wars, a soft Star Wars, Star Wars t-shirt. t-shirt to work because I think, oh, you know, it's for the kids, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's all for the kids. It's always been about the kids for me. So, so. because it's all about the kids, today oh. you 42-year-old man got out there and tried to play a little basketball. Mhm. Playing a little b-ball outside of the school. Now I can't bend my leg. <laughs> I don't know. Stupid, man. I was feeling good this morning too. I was, you know, going all around the place and Playing a little basketball, a little nine square, working in the office, moving stuff around, and now I can can hardly walk. I know. You you really look you have aged considerably since this morning. Really? That limp <laughs> really ages me, doesn't it? But it'll, it'll get better. Yeah, a little bit. I just it's just a shock to the body of the sprain. I hope nothing's torn. It made a weird noise when I fell, but I'm just thinking that was in my head. Were the kids concerned whenever you went down? Had no they had no compassion. Oh. They were laughing and pointing. Oh. <laughs> Why are you on the ground? I mean, I zigged with my mind and my body zagged. My mind was zigging. My body was zagging. With everything sagging, I was on the floor. I was not bragging. I said, ow, something just happened to my knee. And, the, and this kid went, ooh, ooh. <laughs> What's wrong? Why are you on the floor, daddy? Something's yeah. wrong. Something happened. And I got up and, you know, I was fine. I was walking on it and things like that. Well, you were trying to be tough, I was right? trying to be tough. And, yeah. I, you know, I was able to play a little bit more, you know, or whatever we did. Uh, not more, some more nine square. And then later on today it started to kind of stiffen up and it's hurting. But I was able to put pressure on it. I mean, I'm basically diagnosing myself on the Internet like everybody else does. And I think it's a sprain that will take between four and six weeks to fully recover from. But hopefully no surgery. And what you're supposed to do is put <laughs> ice on it and wrap it up tightly. And so I haven't done that at all. So maybe add another week to the recovery time. But that's the least of my troubles. You so you, what you, you like to look up the advice on what you should do on the Internet and then just, just ignore that yeah, advice. Yeah, I think, eh, it's not going to help that much. Putting yeah. ice on it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Give me some ibuprofen. I'll be all right. It's, been, it's always something, though, right? It's always something with me. 
I know. I'm so complicated and ridiculous. I was just thinking about that yeah. today. You're. I'm you're, the most ridiculous person I know. You're a little high maintenance. I mean, but I don't want to. But in stupid ways. <laughs> like, it's all high maintenance because of you're dumb. That's what it is. No, no. Well, that's how it feels. Some things are out of your control. Like like yesterday, Sunday, day before yesterday, who doesn't know what day it is now? Uh, Sunday, <laughs> I lost my car keys and the church keys and our house key, which I lost the keys to everything precious to me, our house, our church, and my car, my truck, my pickup. And uh, I, we looked everywhere for so, hours. So wait, everything that's precious to you is... Your car. Symbolized by the keys. Come on. In your house. Symbolized. (laughs) Don't read into it. Ridiculous. So I I come into church and I have, there's, you know, I don't ever put my keys in the same place, which that's the problem. But I only put them in like, there's only like four places I put them. (laughs) I put them in the pulpit. I put them by my guitar. I put them by the front pew where my wireless mic is, or I leave them in a door somewhere. (laughs) But I always know where that when I go looking for them, they're always there. Yeah. In one of those four places, and they were nowhere to be found. Sunday, we looked everywhere, and we and they had to have been there somewhere, unless somebody took them. But we thought, no, no one takes keys. Surely, no one's going to take your keys. So, I was just sick over it. We looked everywhere. I got up the next day. I said, Well, I'm going to see if I can get a new key. So we drove up to Wichita Falls. Then they were telling me that I was going to have to have the have it towed up there, the truck towed up there to program the key, which is not true. That's not true at all. Do not believe the guy at the parts department when they lie to you. And then the service tech kind of told me the secret of how to program the key with a chip in it. It takes 30 minutes. And when I started to program it, I really had to go to the bathroom. That makes the 30 minutes even longer. <laughs> you, There's a certain tone... Mm-hmm. To your speech tonight. You think I feel like I'm angry? I, th- I think you're a little bitter. It's wearing on me. It's the knee and then the key. The knee and the key. The key. Forty forty three dollars. Uh, but you know, I mean, we needed a spare. Well, so you didn't finish the story. So I was able we to... spent hours, literally hours, combing every corner of that church for mm-hmm. the key. And our church is big. There's a lot of places to a look. A lot of square footage. Yeah. And then after we had the key made and we had decided the keys are gone. And I was up there programming it in the parking lot. Then one of our close friends sends me a picture of his keys in her hand and she found them in the bottom of her purse. What up? I do not. I think here's my theory. My theory is that someone saw the keys in a weird place. Maybe you left them in a door or something. No. They knew that they were yours. And they went and dropped the keys in her purse on the front pew where my purse usually Mm, is. Okay, well, that's a possibility. Thinking that it was my purse. Okay. Well, here's what I think happened. I think I came in and I set them down by my wireless mic, which is one of the four places where I put them. And I set them there in that corner of the pew by the clock that tells me when I've preached too long. (laughs) <laughs> and it always tells me that I've preached too long. <laughs> it hardly ever says, ooh, you're finishing early. <laughs> oh, man. I try. I try. But, man, but you when, didn't I, finish when what, I start what preaching, you... I got to get going. Okay, so so what I think happened was I set them down there, and then we had band practice. Well, Holly came in with Jake and the kids, and Bryn was there, because and our, it's our youth minister's but child with with Mackenzie, his wife, and um, 
That's the way I'm saying this doesn't make any sense. The there youth, were a lot of children. There were a learning. bunch of children in there of people that play in the praise band that that show up and kind of are there when we're practicing. So there was a bunch of activity on the front pew, and I think what happened is the keys got picked up and put into a purse either by, by a kid by a or by Mackenzie or someone just thinking, oh, what the, my, they've got her keys and put them yeah. in her purse. You know, that's something like that definitely happened because they wound up in the bottom of her purse. Yeah. A kid put them there. An I'm adult would so not have done it. I'm just so happy they turned up. My, my theory, you know who I think did it? Fritter. You think? I'm calling out Fritter on that. I will not say his real name, but his nickname is Fritter, and he knows who he is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was Fritter. I'm seeing a weird thing there. I don't know what that is. But whoever did it, they they weren't they didn't they weren't trying to hide your keys from. No, him. no, he didn't know any better. Yeah. Fritter, it was innocent. He doesn't know. It was my mistake. I shouldn't put it. I shouldn't put my keys on the front pew. I should put them in the pulpit. From now on, I'm coming in. See, I don't like to play guitar or preach with keys in my pockets. Yeah. I don't think it looks good. Do you? Um, I don't think I would. It doesn't. That. It doesn't feel good. But I think that the the deal is that on that particular Sunday, you had so many responsibilities because some of our key people are out for Memorial Holiday. Day. Yeah. And so you just had too much on your mind. Yeah, let's just blame it on that. Yeah. Cluttered mind. But I thought I was losing my mind. Then when they were in the bottom of her purse, I was so relieved. I know. Like, well, that's the greatest news I've heard all day. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, this is wonderful. So Of all the purses to be in. Yeah. I, was, I mean, it could have been in some, you know, crazy person's purse. <laughs> Not that we have any crazy people. Yeah. But you think when you lose your keys, you, you lay awake at night and think, I wonder where my keys are. I hope some madman doesn't have them. Yeah, the key to our house. Yeah, the key to our house and the church and everything I hold yeah. dear. So you have lost some things through the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember that you told with great gusto the story of me throwing away my keys at the dorm whenever I was in college. Did you ever find those? Never found them. <laughs> I do always recover them somehow. But I remember you went through a phase when you were always losing your wallet. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It would slide out of your pocket. Yeah. I don't really have much of a rear end, so there's not... <laughs> But somehow that has something to do with it. Like when I sit down, the pocket slides, the wallet comes out of the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and there was a while there where I only used extra long wallets. Remember that? Yeah. And so it was always falling out. Yeah, no, it's terrible. I mean, I've lost the keys. I've lost the use of my left knee. <laughs> my neck has been hurting for months. What else? What else is wrong? You got a big scratch on your glasses. Yeah, I scratched my glasses <laughs> Sunday. It really is bothering. It's like I've got. It feels like I've got a hair, like an eyelash or something, on the. Yeah. But it's just a scratch that a piece. I I bent down and hit it on a piece of metal. And you broke your tooth. And then I broke my tooth chewing gum. Come on, dude. You've got some issues right now. It ain't easy being forty-two. <laughs> but I'm doing better than Elvis. He That's didn't. True. I, well, I don't, shouldn't say that. I haven't made it out of the year either, so we'll see. But anyway, yeah, it's been tough. But enough about all my ailments and stupidity, key losing and such. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. Except that I've had stress over all of your issues. Yeah, that's a problem. 
But I, I have always had issues with keys. I still no, do. Me too. You know? And I have always thought, oh, we really need to buy one of those cute little key holders. You uh-uh. know, to put by the back door, you hang your keys on them. When That's you not going to help. I remember. Will not help. I remember being in grad school and trying to leave the house to go drive an hour to go to grad school and not being able to find my keys to the point where I had to call my mother and say, you might have to come and pick me up. But I eventually did find them. But then, you know, I have bought this thing that has really changed my life. Oh, yeah. Which y'all have probably seen these at um, Walmart, Mm -hmm. and they're just everywhere. It's these keychains with these giant puffballs on them. Mm -hmm. And I have this red giant puffball. And so when that is on your keys, you can just scan any surface. And if your keys are on there, you Mm -hmm. easily see them. Or if they're in your purse, you just search for the giant red puffball. I saw a thing the other day. You can put something on your phone or your uh, your key, and then it will somehow alert your phone to its location. We need that. That's what I need. Yes. I need that on my my keys, um, my children. Um, <laughs> you lose your phone a lot too, don't you? My phone. Yeah, you, that you that wouldn't your, help. Uh, you lose your Kindle. I lose everything. Stuff just slides around. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. I just need to have a better system. I don't have a very good system of keeping things. And now your bag that you carry everything around in has a huge hole in the lining. I know that so stuff gets lost. Stuff, in stuff it. gets lost in there. Yeah. Might be time for a new bag. Yeah, I think it's time. There's something and a new tooth and a new knee <laughs> and a new neck and new, new glasses. glasses. <laughs> but we found the keys. <laughs> keys so, are taking care of. Small victory. Yes. I just hate hurting myself and I do it all the time. But this one's bad cuz I can't walk. It'll get better. Yeah, it'll get better. It's just a little stiff right now. Mm, Man. Well, anyway, so uh, looking forward to Bible school. What else is coming up on the horizon? Hmm, camp. Church camp. Church camp. Well, I hope I can walk by then. There's a a lot of walking to do. Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah. Or someone else will have to go. I don't know. Surely I can make it. I'll have to get one of those little, what do they call those little things? A hover around? You can take those to the Grand Canyon, yeah. according to their so commercials. I'll just, yeah, I'll just hover around all over the Surely all over you the can camp take it to Camp Chaparral. Yeah, I'll just get me a little four-wheeler or something. Oh, you know what we golf did? Cart. You know, speaking of golf carts, we did the... Um, so here in Olney, they have a junior golf tournament every year mm-hmm. that's sponsored by Tower, Tower Extrusions. Extrusions. And um, the ki- all three of the kids played. And it is one of those things that... I kind of love it, and I kind of hate it. I would say you like thinking about it. You like it when it's over. But whenever I see you out there, you look miserable. Yeah, I don't. I feel... um, She hates golf. No, that's not true. I don't hate golf. You hate junior golf. Well, I would like to learn to play golf. Mm -hmm. And, And when I'm out there, I see the value in learning to play, and I think it's fun, and it's neat and everything. But it stresses me out because I don't understand... You know the rules, and I don't understand how you're supposed to do things. You know what I mean? So you're saying when you're out there at the golf course, you feel out of place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and feel there's like, all these people that feel like it, you're like, man, they know all about this stuff. If you had, if you were with me, I would not be worried about it. But mm-hmm. you know, we have to split up because we've got three kids, and they're all playing in different age categories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just out there. I don't even know where the holes are, you know, and I'm trying to 
find where I'm supposed to go next and trying mm-hmm. to keep the score and, and all that. But luckily, um, a friend of ours was, his son was also on our team and he just in your guided group, me. Grouping. Yeah, our group. So he guided me through it. But I don't know, something about it is stressful to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I think I've, I've mentioned this before. I think there's a lot of comparisons that could be made to golf clubs and to um, churches. Yeah. Because when you go out to the golf club and it's not, especially even if you go to a golf club that's not the one you, where you normally play, then you go out there and you don't you don't know the layout, you don't know the clubhouse, you don't know what the, it just seems like there's a procedure that's different almost at every golf course. You have to learn the, the course. Right. So I think that's what you're feeling when you're out there and all these people kind of know the drill and you're thinking, what do we do? Where do I go? Yeah. That's how visitors feel, I think. They feel, they, they're out there and they can see the value in it. They can see this is, but it's almost too much to think about having to learn to play or to learn the customs of the course. Right. And a lot of times we probably make churches way harder than golf courses. Yeah. But one thing, though, sort of if you're a Christian, you can sort of go to, and, you, and you've ra- raised in church, you can go to another church and you can figure out what's going on so it's kind of the same with golf i think that's a little bit the same but when you think about that how you feel at a golf course the first time you're there and just how you're kind of uncomfortable and you feel out of place and and nobody at golf courses goes out of their way to make you feel welcome there right you know or to explain anything or to explain anything to you it's like you just ought to you ought to figure this out right churches don't need to be that it's okay for golf to be that way i kind of like it that way but we don't need our churches to be that way exactly i just saw um you know you know i love dr richard ross and i follow him Mm -hmm. on facebook and he always puts up the most brilliant things and he talks a lot about youth groups you know but um he put up a status update the other day where he was saying if you want visitors to never want to come back and to feel completely out of place make an announcement like this tonight at seven the youth group's going to meet at sally's house and um you know make sure you bring your material that we were working on last week Mm -hmm. you know i mean and and the visitor would have no idea who sally is where are the houses what the curriculum is is, you know and he was kind of talking about making sure that our churches are not like that where it seems like you know you're not a part of this mm-hmm. thing that we're doing but once ken lee sort of was showing y'all how to do everything it made you feel better yeah so ken lee was kind of like the playing the role of a mentor or a discipler right he was being welcoming and showing you how to do this and right that's what that's what we have to do when people visit you just have to kind of show them show them the ropes and see that it's really not that complicated most people at the golf course just want to play better right and they're not really worried about you that's kind of how it is. <laughs> I'm, Chad's ya- yawning. I'm yawning. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. It must be my knee. It's been a long day. Oh my, you poor thing. I know. Feel sorry for me. <laughs> I need to be icing this. Rest, ice, compression, and something else. Ibuprofen? I don't know. As soon as we finish this podcast, we'll get you fixed up. All right, that'll work. And ice cream with whipped cream on top. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> ice on my knee, ice cream in my mouth. Exactly. That's good. <laughs> no, but I think that is that is something interesting. Um, that I've I've said that before. That there's a lot of correlation. Well, golf is a very spiritual game. Somehow, I don't really understand it. But there's it's not like any other thing you really do. 
if there's really like the way I felt about church and and golf when I'm at church and I'm listening to a sermon even if I'm the one preaching it I hear it too um you're wild huh (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. I, I, Deep I, thought. Yeah, I listen to the one I preach, but also I've been to church a lot not being the one preaching. And I've always felt that in a good sermon, uh, hopefully mine are this way, I don't know, but in a good sermon, it almost feels like time stops and you're just in another world. I mean, all the cares just for that time. Yeah. They're gone. Even, even when you've lost your keys, even when your neck hurts, even when whatever's going on. During this worship and the service, it's like time. Somehow God's just afforded that we would be able to to focus on him, and time seems to stop, and it's just amazing. And, and it's kind of that way golf, when you play a game of golf. You, you just, you know, you're in your own little world there at the golf course. That is true. You feel, and even, and I even made the comment to you that after that golf tournament mm-hmm. was over, I got in the car, and it said it was 1145. Mm-hmm. And I thought I actually thought my battery had died, you know, while I was out mm-hmm. there or something, because I could not believe it was only eleven forty-five. Because yeah. it had felt like we'd been kind of immersed in this world for such a long yeah. time. You and know? when you go to, to cor- the only courses, um, let's see, I don't know if I would call it necessarily beautiful, but it is very accessible. You don't have to be a very good golfer to have fun playing that course, but. You know, the courses out in East Texas where they've got the huge pine trees and each hole almost seems like its own universe mm-hmm. because you can't see the other holes because of all the trees. Um, yeah, golf's real special in that way. And so is church. I mean, you know, when something happens in church that's disruptive, it's so strange because it normally doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, some if you need, I mean, I can, you almost can't imagine having to stop the service for some reason because mm-hmm. it just seems like nothing is going to stop this, you know. And uh, anyway, just some ideas there. There was, I can't remember that book. Somebody gave me a book uh, a few years ago. It was a golf book that was about, uh, it was a Christian golf book. I can't remember what that was called. Was it about the, kind of the parallels between golf and spiritual? Spiritual thing, but but it was, was, and I think there have been a lot of books like that, like Vagger Vance and things like that. Bagger Vance. Vagger Vance. (laughs) Bagger Vance. This was a particularly 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 uh, Christian take on you know golf and what, what it is so well I really am gung-ho about trying to learn to play mm-hmm. because I enjoy going out there to the driving range and try and I've been able, I mean I can kind of hit the ball mm-hmm. you've hit you made some good good shots we just need to get some golf clubs that yeah. are the right size we need some golf me. clubs you need golf clubs and then you need a cute outfit a cute outfit right that's the main thing <laughs> So uh, Melissa was determined that Adelaide was going to look like a golfer. Yeah. Um, at the um, at the tournament, and I said, "Well, if if, she, if we wanted to look like a golfer, she just really has to hit the ball a long way. Yeah. And she'll look like a golfer." So I tried to take care of that part. And then but we, but we did go and get her a cute mm-hmm. little. We kind of splurged on it. Yeah. And she looked really cool and but She needed sporty. the clothes anyway. Yeah. Because she's outgrown everything. But, you know, she deserved but it. But then she did hit the ball a long way. She yeah, won she, the longest she drive. She really looked like a golfer. She in, won the longest drive comp- in, in contest. In many ways, yeah. So we were out there playing. You know, she's kind of, she's 12, but, I mean, she's as tall as as grown women, right? Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's almost, I don't know if she's full grown as tall as she's going to get, but she's taller than a lot of women. 
And uh, so she has been playing with these kid clubs and even junior clubs right now maybe too I don't know if they're too small for her or not. They seemed like they're too small. But the drivers that she had were definitely too small. So the driver's the club that you hit first to try to hit as far as you can if you don't know anything about golf. Um, well, that was mainly for Melissa. But so <laughs> she so she was trying and, and just it was just awful. So I said, well, here, try mine. And my driver is even sort of like extra long. The the the, um, the club is extra, a little bit has a little extra length on it. The purpose of that is because for tall people to be able to kind of choke up on it a little bit. Well, she grabs this driver, which is way too, way too huge. And she takes a swing and she was knocking it for a mile. It was crazy. <laughs> and somehow she was figuring out how to hit that ball and she wasn't hitting it fast, but you know, it's just, she was just long enough and had just enough, you know, in her kooky swing, she was able to hit it for about 220 yards every time she stepped up there and smacked it. Um, so we were all very impressed as she was. And then that, of course that afforded her the ability to hit a bunch of crummy shots and still make a, a five or a six, you know, on the yeah. hole. So she did a good job. I mean, she was really benefiting from that. Needs to work on her short game, but long game is, uh, is getting there. But anyway, that was fun, and she looked good, and Sawyer had a good time. He looked good, and Emerald, I don't know how she did. I heard she did okay. I don't know. We we, we sent Emerald with our friends, yeah. but they only play three little they short holes. They play three holes. The, the, what are they, the eight to seven, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Seven to nine play six holes, and then the 10 to 12-year-olds play all nine. play nine holes. And it's a long morning. Yeah. <laughs> but then we get, you know, we get a um, lunch after it's over. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And the tower guys, they do a great job setting that tournament up. We always enjoy it. Yeah. Then they have a scramble for teenagers. They have a scramble in the afternoon. And probably so. the greatest part for the kids is after they play, <clears throat> you go into this room and they have this room filled with every kind of snack and candy that you could mm. possibly want, and you can get as much as you want of it. Yeah, I'm sure they love that. They love it. <laughs> yeah, they so. really spoil the kids. It's fun. But it was good. But also interesting to think about what you said, um, that, you know, kind of trying to make it spiritual, to redeem our podcast. <laughs> the uh, the idea that we should be mindful whenever, the way some people are, have listened to us talk about golf, and they're like, oh, what are they talking about? That's how some people feel about Christianity. Yeah. They just don't relate to it at all. Mm-hmm. And, and we should be mindful of that, you know, that they don't believe in it. They don't, it does sound, and I've, I've said to people, what if Christianity seemed to you the way Mormonism does to you, mm-hmm. you know, or Scientology does just, just a religion you don't have believe has any basis in truth. Right. That's how some people that their, their understanding of Christianity is. That's how, you know, they, um, perceive it. And what can we do to to show them that it's what we believe is, is reasonable, yeah. and uh, so and uh, to to make relationships with them so that they can observe that about our life. So, what else you got? I don't know. I'm just totally on vacation, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in vacation mode. I did think of another song that I always turn it off whenever. It okay, comes what what is it? 
And this is going to really just really hurt some people. Is it an Elvis song? No. Okay. Um, so, you know that song, Hallelujah? Oh, yeah. I hate that song. I hate that song, That's too. like the worst song ever. And people love that song. I judge song. people who like that song. I just don't understand it. It's not a Christian song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come but on. But it's almost like people think. It's spiritual somehow. But people yes. think that if you don't just really, mm. or if you're not just super amazed mm. by that song. The song is so Then beautiful. it means that you don't have a soul or the something. The song is amazing. But I just, I just don't that like that song yeah. very much. I mean, if you like that song, great. You know what song I like? I like that song, Hound Dog. You know? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything if you like a song. Especially a song that's not about anything. Yeah. You know, so. So we've been listening to the Beatles channel a lot because, you know, the Beatles channel is. Just started up. May Adelaide 18th. and I were just waiting for the Beatles channel. Well, I was waiting for it, too. And, um, you know, I have to say it's been a bit of a disappointment to me, but it's so funny because Adelaide keeps asking me, what does this song mean? What does this song mean? And I just keep saying nothing yeah i don't know it doesn't mean they anything. just made up a story yeah. it's just words yes but you know that's the difference between the kind of music that we we sing in church and the kind mm-hmm. of music you hear on the beatles channel yeah their music didn't mean anything so maybe sometimes it meant like love but i think it is i think yeah. i think that that is something that people need to keep in perspective about worship music too because mm-hmm. you truly can if, if you really love some music that you're listening to, it doesn't have to be about Jesus. You mm-hmm. can have what feels like almost a religious yeah. experience. Like when, when you went to go music. see Paul McCartney exactly. and they sang Hey Jude. And it was, when, when I went for to go some see people, Paul it was a McCartney, magical experience. It was just, I mean, it was truly one of the greatest experiences of my life going to see Paul McCartney in concert. It's sad. And, um, you know, that's why I think you sh- you cannot put too much stock in the emotional feelings that you have whenever you're singing. Uh-huh. You know, you can't let that be the only spiritual type experience. Because the music have. will move you, whether it's Hey Jude or a song by Hillsong. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we have to we have to be careful about that's that. That's why I know? say you want to worship in spirit and truth. We cannot say I don't really read my Bible because the way that. I experience God as through music. Really? I mean, I am having the hardest time with this new church worshiping. I'm just not connecting with the music team. <laughs> they are, I mean, they are just really not doing the songs that I like, and they don't use enough reverb or delay. <laughs> and I'm telling you, unless there is a really nice, you know, synthesizer pad underneath whenever the music leader is talking about the significance of the song... I just cannot get into the mood to worship y'all. And then that does not set the table for me to listen to the preaching. And if that table is not set, if I'm not spiritually prepared to hear the word of God, I'm totally making a grocery list <laughs> right during the sermon because the table has not been set for me. I'm not, I can't eat at a table that has not been set. It's sad, but true that that's the Ridiculous. attitude. Pseudo church. That's what John MacArthur, he was, he preached a sermon recently about, um, what is the church or something like that was the title of the sermon. And he was saying that those kind of trees, like there's people that substitute something for church. They call it pseudo church. They all get into a building with lights and lasers and loud sound. And I mean, he went hardcore right after it. Yeah. And I was thinking he's right. 
Yeah. He's right. Church is not a gathering of people to listen to rock music. Right. Church is what you are. You're mm-hmm. part of the you are the church. It's not something you do on Sunday to make yourself feel better about yourself. Yeah. You know. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just a pastor out here in the country. You know. Yeah. yeah. We're we're living the good life. We are here. living the good life. We have a real church. We don't have lasers. But uh we do. I think we have some some pretty authentic worship. I think it, whatever that means now. Yeah. I think authentic worship means um, these days that you've got. I think what makes authentic worship in some people's minds is that you put twinkle lights up on the piano when they're playing it, and that's authentic. Or candles. You put twinkle lights on. Yeah, the like piano? Christmas lights everywhere, and you get like a bunch of people to stand around, and then you then you. As you're singing, what really makes the worship authentic is you have several cameras getting a high-definition recording of your worship experience to go on YouTube to prove how authentic it is. Right. Yeah, nothing's contrived about it at all. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just said that. (laughs) Are you offended by that? (laughs) Because I don't really care. I can't see you. That's one reason I... You know, I I get up on the stage sometimes and sing with the praise team, but I much prefer to just be on my front pew Mm -hmm. singing because I feel like it's so easy when you're on the stage to to be, you know, mindful of the fact that people are looking at you. And therefore, it might cause you to behave or do something in a way that you wouldn't normally do when you're worshiping. That's true. There's a reason I want to be on the stage, though, during the worship. So you can see everyone? No, so I can set the tempo. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I actually And feel, I like to pick all the songs. <laughs> I feel more freedom to worship yeah. on the front row than I do on the stage. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I do or not. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel what keeps me from overthinking what I'm doing is the fact that I have to think about playing well, and singing the music. Yeah, I'm thinking stuff. of chords yeah. and playing and how we're going to, you know, is this too fast or is this too slow? But you know, I've noticed whenever you and I are singing, you know, you're having to look at the page and get your chords. Mm-hmm. You're not looking out at the crowd. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm looking at faces. Yeah. Most people when they're worshiping the thought, the thought that goes through my mind first, unfortunately is probably not what goes through most mind, people's minds during worship. Is I'm always just thinking, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. Right. Get the chords right. Play the chords right. What's coming up next? It's more of a. It's it's more of a, of a task, maybe. But do you I, find it hard to worship in that setting, or it just depends on the day? Um, I mean, some, some days, days are more are, distracting. Yeah, some than days are others. more distracting than others, just musically. Yeah. Um. I find that what's difficult is to connect with the people when you're trying to, when you're trying to make sure that you play beautifully, which right. is which is its own way of worshiping. Right. It's not. I'm not trying to have a feeling when I'm up there worshiping. Right. I'm trying to convey the truths in the songs. I think some people come in and it's like, well, if I can't emotionally get into it, then it's not worship. It's not true. I mean, what we're doing is we're 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 at least putting these words out here to beautiful music and saying, let's dwell upon this idea, this thought here. That's a thought about the gospel. It's a thought about, you know, an aspect of of our Christian faith of trust and or repentance or what the glory that will that we're looking forward to, our hope, 
those sorts of things. I've always found it so amazing that that's something that the church does, that we get together and, and just, we stand around and we sing songs we, together. We bust out the tunes. It's so cool. It is fun, right? I love it. Because I think it. people that, 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 that don't like music, you know, as Martin Luther said, they, you know, they're not even fit to be called a human being. That's what he said. <laughs> He said, people who don't enjoy music are not fit to, to like, carry the term human being. Do you know anyone who doesn't enjoy music? I've I, see never a, even... I see them every week. They no, just stand no, up there with their arms no, crossed. You can't I'm just saying, tell by that. they may like the music, but they don't participate. Well, you can't tell by that. You can't tell no. what's happening that, that is true. They could stand there with their arms folded and a scowl on their face, and when it's over, they could come up and say, love the music. Yeah. And you're thinking, no, you didn't. And, you yeah, know, but um, maybe they were. I've had people tell me, you know, that they've had different leaders in their churches who um, sort of projected the attitude that if you aren't worshiping in the certain way that he feels you should be worshiping, mm-hmm. then you aren't worshiping. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's true. I think everybody has their own personality, their own way of relating to God. It's yeah. all very personal. That's true, but I think you know, personal stuff should be done personally. But in corporate worship, we're trying to all do the same thing together. Yeah, so but think, I'm talking about. So, so I, I think God, people should sing, even if they're like, "You don't want to hear me sing." I, I'm actually no, you're wrong. Even if you sing terribly, I do want to hear you sing. Yeah. You know, say the words, uh, just say them out loud, but somehow participate enthusiastically in what we're doing because that encourages people around you. You're not there to be encouraged; you're there to encourage. Even in the pew, right? We're, we're doing something. We're singing these songs because we're commanded to in the Bible to. It even says, say them to one another. But some people are... Songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Some people are going to be naturally more demonstrative than others, is all I'm saying. Sure, but that, doesn't, sh- but that doesn't give people a pass of participation. That's what I say. I, I, I don't, you know... You think the bad singers ought to be quiet? No. They could whistle. <laughs> no. Didn't you have an uncle that whistled or something? My granddad whistled. He was a hymn whistler? I wouldn't mind hymn whistlers either. But that's not my point. My I don't understand point your point. is that... I mean, this is just my humble opinion. It's not like I've spent days thinking this through. I might change mm-hmm. my mind on what I'm saying here, but I, I don't have think, spent days thinking. I don't through. think that you can look out at a crowd and say, "Well, you're just you're doing that wrong." You know, yeah, when I think we're I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't I don't mind if people I don't you know some people raise their hands, some people close their eyes, which I'm not a big fan of the eye closing. I know, but I mean. Yeah. I like to look around. It doesn't around. mean it's wrong to do no, that. No, but some people close their eyes. I think it's good to open your eyes and look around at the people because the purpose is to be encur- to edify and to encourage one another. But there have been times whenever I've been in worship that I was, for whatever reason, you know, life circumstances or something yeah. God was doing, that I was too emotional to sing. Yeah, that's true. And in that, and you might not be able to tell that by looking at me. You true. might just think that true. I'm not yeah. participating. You know. Yeah. I think you make a good point. But I still think people should try to sing a little bit more, and they should sing louder. Our churches—they're good singers. Yeah, they do sing. They, they I think sing we could—I well. think we could raise the volume a little bit. I'm all for raising yeah. the volume of the of the people, not yeah. the music. Yeah, I like the quieter music, louder singing. Yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting. I will say this: going back to the original point, they've got the Beatles channel on the satellite radio, which we're only going to have that for another couple of months. Just just beware. The price is about to skyrocket. Really? And then we're going to cancel and then see what they'll do to try to get us back. 
Because you know they'll try. That does not sound promising to me. That's just the way it is. I'm not paying 60 bucks to listen to the Beatles channel. It's not that good. You know? Yeah. I've really gotten spoiled. Yeah. So here's the deal. Because what we've been doing is is switching Switching between Beatles and Elvis. The Beatles and Elvis channel. I'm a big Elvis fan and a Beatles fan. I like all the music. So I thought the Beatles channel was just going to be... I thought it was going to be amazing, and it turned out to be pretty lousy. The Beatles channel is nowhere near as good as the Elvis channel. You admit that, don't you? I would agree. Yeah. I, I, they're not doing the Beatles channel the way I would have done it. I mean, if I were running the world. what would you? How would you have done it? I would have played. I, I, what I don't like about the Beatles channel is there are too many... Um, there are too many songs by the guys as solo artists. Mm-hmm. And I would not play any of the songs that are that are remakes of Beatles songs that people have done because they're all terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't I hate those. I always switch to Elvis whenever those come Yeah, on. well Elvis singing, you know, George Harrison songs is good. I think Frank Sinatra singing a Beatles song is good. They don't play any of that. It's yeah. just all this weird. It's awful. It's not yeah. good. I'll tell you and, one. And I think they, you know, right now they're playing like three Beatles songs, a solo song, mm-hmm. and a cover. A cover. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there should be a higher ratio of Beatles songs. But the to problem is two. there were only 167 Beatles songs. I know, period. but there are a lot of Beatles songs that I know very well that I've never heard on there. True. True. Yeah. I'm just saying. Maybe they're working them in. They need to call me. I'll, I'll set well, them They sure. need to go to Graceland and see how to do it. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. One thing you never hear on the Elvis channel, guaranteed, Yoko Ono. She's not on there. Yeah. Ever, ever. Bonus, bonus, ever. bonus. And, and that alone probably makes the Elvis. But Elvis recorded and released over 700 songs. But how many... I mean, I love hearing Elvis. But they play Hunk of Burn Love. Like, yeah, yeah. But it was like three but times today. They play that yeah. song like every hour. Yeah, I don't know. That's which is great. It's a Christian song. Yeah. They're not playing Christian songs on the Beatles channel either. So, and that is the only <sighs> song that Elvis won a Grammy for. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't, wanna, I don't know if he may have won two Grammys, but it was for gospel music. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, that Elvis channel is, is quality. Of course, they play a lot of live recordings. They, they do some. There's a lot of Elvis material that you just don't have on the Beatles. There, there is, there is no Elvis song that I change a channel on. Mm-hmm. And even Elvis <clears throat> stuff that wasn't the best quality, sort of like uh, El, the, my least favorite Elvis song is from one of his movies called Clambake. It was a song, you know, back when they were like every like do the twist and there were all these different songs that were about a dance yeah the song the dance you know so there was like a time where there was a a a dance song craze in america and so elvis's attempt in their movie clam bake was a song called do the clam (laughs) do the clam he had some pretty Grab bad. your precious baby by the hand or some pretty lady by the hand or something. And do the clam. You know, do the clam. That's pretty lame. But even even through some of the lame stuff, when you hear it, and it sounds good and it's enjoyable. Yeah. You know. What I like on the Elvis channel is the, <clears throat> the um, you know, the things that they play where they were just messing around. 
they were just sitting around playing and singing and they were recording it. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. listening to that. Yeah, or that when when they do the outtakes and he, the, you can hear the guy in the studio <laughs> talking, he's saying, "All right, take six, take seven, and you yeah. hear him start, and then they stop." And I, I like stuff like that. And it's interesting that they kept a lot of that. Yeah. So and and the interviews with the old guys that were there from the very beginning. It's just it's interesting. Of course, I kind of re it was re-energized on Elvis after I went to Graceland. Yeah. And it was it was really neat, but yeah. So anyway, just a uh, heads up to you. Don't get too attached to the channel, the right. Beatles channel. Uh, I can live without it. I'm kind of glad that I'm glad it's not that not that great. And then we'll see what one of these satellite companies want to do to try to get us back. You you really seem to think that they're going to think. That's how they do. We need the Edgingtons. You, you're gone for six months now for a promo to get you back. That's well, what they do. They do it with TV I really, and radio. I really radio. have really loved my satellite radio. Mm-hmm. It's just too high. <clears throat> Yeah. So we've we've ridden all the specials, and I've talked, I've threatened to cancel too many times now, where I think I'll actually have to do it. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're gonna call my bluff, and I'll have to say, okay, cancel it. So. Yeah. That's how life goes. And then it's back to good old FM. Yeah, or AM. (laughs) But. There's some there's there's a new gospel channel out of Graham, so we can get to know that one. Yeah. So, well, anyway, well, it's been a good podcast. Do you have anything else you want to say? Mm. Words of wisdom, or in, in conclusion? In conclusion. In conclusion, Elvis and the Beatles are apples and oranges. I just want to say that. I'm not trying to say one's better than the other, except Elvis is. I mean, in a different league because he's a solo artist, and he had other people writing great songs for him. Yeah. The Beatles is just a different monkey. You know. I agree, but isn't it nice that their channels are one, one, one away from each one other? One away from each other. So you can just flip back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite enjoyable. So, we'll go out there and enjoy it. Go do the clam. All right, let's go ice your knee. Ice my knee. Yeah. And um, get you some ice cream. Maybe you'll feel better. Okay, thank get you. Get over your bitterness. Bye-bye. Bye.